Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I love getting to talk with you on my show every day. But when the cameras stop rolling, there's still so much to say. Head over to the Dr. Oz podcast to hear the rest of the conversation with some of the most compelling experts. Listen and follow on the iHeartRadio app or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 200. It is the Eddie and Rocky Show. Eddie is out this week. I'm alongside Rachel again. Rachel, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Very good. It is, of course, uh, 18 years after 9-11. Mm-hmm. We, of course, remember all the 3,000 or so folks that, that passed away that day, the first responders, and, and we never forget uh, what happened that day. But I was, I was looking through some stuff this morning, Rachel, and I, and I talked to a few people over the last couple of days, and they were saying that, you know, th- again, only 18 years ago, 9-11 and what happened that day and what happened to the towers and who was responsible is, is not being taught in schools these days. Elementary school kids are, you know, are coming home and their parents are saying, so what did you learn about today? And they're like, what, what are you talking about? And I, I wonder, wonder why that is. And I happened to stumble upon a, a Twitter post by the great Trisha Mackey, and she kind of echoed the same sentiments, and she agreed to join us here today. And uh, Trisha, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing good. good. So, so I mean, when you, uh, again, I saw your post there, when your kids come home and you ask them about 9-11, what do they say and, and why is it not being taught in your opinion? Yeah, you know, it's a split bag. So I have five kids. One of them is out of college. And then uh, they're, they're a mix of being in public and private schools. Mm-hmm. And they range anywhere from middle school up to college now. And, and it's, it's, it's so odd. So two of them texted me already today, right, as they were getting out of class because I asked them. And um, my high schooler is writing a paper on it, which that's the first time they've, they've talked about it in a couple of years, which I was, I was really happy that they were going to be writing a paper on it for an AP English class. And uh, there was a presentation on it in the middle school today, but I haven't heard anything back from my other two yet. It's just, it's just so odd that sometimes nothing's being taught about it at all. And it was, just like you guys just said, it was so recent, only 18 years ago. And such a fundamental shift in American culture, too, when you think about it and how we do things, even how we travel now. Mm-hmm. It was it such is. a fundamental shift because of that moment in American history. How can you not teach kids about it? And, you know, I think that the one thing, and we live through it, and we remember it so well, and one of the things that, besides just being terrified and looking up at the skies and wondering if we were going to be next or what was coming next or if that plane was going to go in, and then all the planes grounded and all of the terrible things, the one thing that I hold on to is how united we were. Do you yes. remember the, the sense of pride that there was in America? Every, it was probably the the last time I can remember everybody was was together in this country, or, you know, or sure. maybe right around that time. And then I think it it lasted a little while, and things got chaotic to the point of where they are now. But you're right, everybody. I'm. I mean, I was in college when it happened, and everybody was coming up to one another, this and that, all different backgrounds and sort of things, and and, and it was wonderful. But now it, it's, which is why I think all of us here in this discussion wonder, like, why wouldn't we go back and talk about that? Because it was, as you said, one of the last times our country was really all together as one. I know. I know. It's odd. I, I don't know. I know that, um, you know, in a couple of our schools, um, 
the kids go and visit mosques. And, um, but when they go, and I think that's great. I think anytime anybody is, um, you know, open to anything new, it's a, it's a good thing, right? Don't you guys agree? I mean, I think that you have to get outside your box. It's a great thing. Mm-hmm. However, you, you know, it's, are you going to a Catholic school? Are you going up to crossroads? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? You know, having a more like a, a you know, a, a rounded, um, education. What, what's the deal? What are we really getting at here? is always kind of, I wonder if there's always an agenda. Don't you wonder that? Well, of course there is. I mean, to me, if you had to ask me why it's not taught, it's because people want to tiptoe around the Islamic terrorist aspect of what happened on on 9-11. And I think you can explain what happened. You can't say this didn't happen or these, you know, this group wasn't responsible for it. You can do that and say they did it, but that doesn't necessarily classify everybody in that. It's like saying, well, in the Revolutionary War, there was this, well, it's, something kind of happened. It's, no, it's like the British, you know, we, we, we took on the British and that thing happened. Happened. It, it, it was history. It's recorded history. So why can't we talk about it? I think it's very odd. Yeah, we talk about that in our house too, and we we say how you know the, the facts are the facts, but that doesn't make everybody bad. It doesn't, you know, it's those are just there's some bad people, and everywhere you turn, there's always some bad people. But that's not a true representation of who we are. But that, but those are facts, and we shouldn't like. Stop talking about facts. Facts are facts. Yeah. Right. Bingo. And, and it's so sad too because you have so many amazing primary sources from a history perspective primary sources something that happened right in the moment you have either a, a written recommend, uh, representation photos whatever we have all this video i remember tom brokaw broadcasting mm-hmm. from near ground zero for i think three four days straight they just had mm-hmm. him how many hours you know just the entire time and kids can watch that and they can see uh the rescue attempts and they can actually witness and that's very rare that you have such a historical moment and you have those sources available and you're not going to use them. And all those acts of heroism. Right, right. I mean, that, that should, I mean, again, show you want to educate kids and, and remind people of heroic acts that Americans did and what this great country did. And, and just to say that it, it, it just flat didn't happen. I, 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 I can't, I just don't understand, you know, how, what do they do instead? I mean, our, you know, our kids go to school and they're, all day, if you have any see anything social media, people are posting hashtag never forget and all this. And I feel like kids got to be going, Mom, Dad, what, what is this? Like everyone's talking about this thing, but we went in school and we didn't. Nobody said anything about it. What's going on here? Yeah, That's weird. I know. I know. It's a pick and choose. I know. You just got to talk about it. As with anything, right? I mean, there's some topics that that aren't being taught. And you just got to talk about it at home. It's your responsibility, I guess, right? Absolutely. You're right. And I think it's more and more the case, Trish, is that us as parents got to take it upon ourselves. If society deems some subject not worthy of covering, us as parents got to step in and say, look, this happened. This was history. And maybe it was very, very bad, but it happened. And and we're going to learn from it. And that's what history is about, right, is learning about things. And and to deny that, I think, is, is very I guess a a faulty way of of looking at things. And Trisha, with that, we're going to let you go, but we really appreciate your time. Hey, take care, guys. Thanks. Thanks so much. Uh, Trisha Mackey with Fox 19. You know, uh, I actually worked for um, a German national in college at a makeup store. She was uh, part of this company. It was based out of Germany, so they sent her over. And she talked about how much they were educated on the Holocaust. Right. As because... It's never supposed to happen again in Germany. And they take a, they're very uh, aware and very conscious of that. And, of course, they have a lot to do with it. But they don't run from their history. 
mm-hmm. is my point. In fact, even when it is very bad and detrimental to kind of their uh, their culture, they say, no, we're going to look at this. We're going to learn this about happened. it. We're mm-hmm. going to accept it. And we're, go- we're going to not allow it to repeat itself because we're going to make everyone aware. No, no question about it. And, and kind of on that same point, I'll tell you about a, a pretty cool experience I had, uh, my wife and I had. This was about a month ago. I told you we went on the Bourbon Trail. Yeah. We did, along with that, we visited uh, Perryville, which is the spot of the biggest Civil War battle in Kentucky, right? Mm-hmm. And so you, on the grounds there, there's – I forget the uh, the farmer's name, but it's where the battle took place. And there's basically a mass grave of Confederate soldiers there, right? And upon the mass grave is a big monument to the Confederate soldiers. And I'll never forget, we're you know, kind of walking around looking at stuff, and there was a – an african-american man there standing taking pictures of the monument and all this sort of thing and 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 we kind of walked up and and he started just talking to us and and he started talking all about nathan bedford forrest and how much and all this history and this and that and of course we know what nathan bedford forrest was a part of was founding the kkk but his his point was and he kept saying he goes this this happened he goes "We, we can't destroy these monuments we can't you know, we got we got to learn from yeah. and learn from all the all the history. We can't just act like things didn't happen. And I think that's happening in, in when we're talking about nine eleven with our kids, just to have them walk around and, and kind of wonder, maybe look up something on on a post or a YouTube video on what happened there, instead of actually learning what about it, what to change, what to do differently, and how we can use that to draw strength from. I, I think is a, is a great disservice. So, yeah, so and, and any of your experiences with this, are, are your kids being taught this? If so, in what way is it? 513-749-7000, pound 700 AT&T, 1-800, the big one. We'll take your calls. The first we'll break for some traffic and, where, and weather. Rob, what do you got? From the UC Health Traffic Center, UC Health Orthopedics and Sports Medicine is proud to serve as the official health care provider for the UC Bearcats. Heads up for a broken down. It's on North 71 on your approach to Stewart. You've got an accident with injuries on West Kemper Road at Hamilton Avenue. And in Erlanger, another injury accident, Dixie Highway North of Stevenson Road. Traffic remains slow North 75 between Mitchell and Paddock and southbound 75 heavy from Ezard Charles to the bridge. Blair Avenue remains blocked in both directions between Redding and Ridgeway and Avondale due to some police activity. Also affected are Hartford between Blair and Cleveland and Cleveland between between Reading and Ridgeway, police ask you to avoid the area. I'm Rob Williams, News Radio.com. Rocky and Rachel, today we are discussing um, something that has been reported on to me by a, a bunch of parents, and I think Rachel's heard the same thing. We also just heard from Trisha Mackey, and that is 9 11, which happened just 18 years ago, not that long ago, is we are hearing not being taught in schools, and we are, I guess, discussing the reasons why that is. Let's go right to the phones. Let's go to Andrea on a cell. Andrea, fire away. What do you got? Well, it, you know, I'm a teacher, and we were told that it's not part of Ohio standards to teach 9-11. We actually had district representative, you know, fire district, come down and tell us that we cannot teach it. So we work around it. Um so I teach senior, junior, senior economics, so I go through the financials and how much did it cost and, you know, and go that route. But as a state of Ohio, uh, if you want to talk about it in class, put it on the state test. So the state of Ohio directs you as a teacher to not talk about what happened, who did it, and who's responsible for 9-11. That's what you're it's saying. Not, it's not in the standards at all for, for anybody to teach it. So we have to look for ways around that. So you take a standard, you take a standard like primary and secondary sources and apply it to 9-11.
Wow. So, so, so interviewing, the, yeah. so interviewing a person would be a primary source. You know, reading about it would be your secondary source. But that's how we have to work our way around it if we want to cover a topic such as that because 9-11 isn't mentioned in any standards. And if you take the test, if you look at any of the state tests, it, there's no reading selection that talks about 9-11. So, Andrew, so what happens when one of your stu- – how old are your students? Uh, juniors and seniors. Okay, juniors and seniors. What happens when one of your, your uh, te- students raises their hand and says, Miss Andrew, um, who was responsible? Like, how, how do these buildings blow up on, on 9-11? What do you say or what are you told to say? Um, we're not necessarily, you know, told don't talk, you know, I'm going to answer the questions. Mm-hmm. And I'll start from the beginning. And if it takes the whole class period, I'll do it. And if I do have an administrator walks in, you know, you know, they'll ask me later, you know, what were you doing? And I'm explaining I'm answering a student question. But if they were to come back and say, well, this wasn't in your lesson plans, I'm like, yeah, it wasn't. Andrea, yeah. are, are there other uh, recent moments in history that are either included or excluded that you've noticed that are kind of along the same lines as 9-11? Well, you won't, you won't find um, any of that in recent textbooks. Um, wow. De- Desert Storm is barely mentioned. Um, so since it's not in textbooks, um, it's not in textbooks because it's not required by the state to be taught. Andrew, do they, give, do they give a reason why? Do the, the uppity-ups give a reason why you're not supposed to talk about this event that galvanized America 18 years ago? No. Wow. That, that's, ama- that's very eye-opening, Andrea. Thank you for that call. Can you believe that? No. Wow. All right, let's go to, uh, let's go to Dave on a cell. Dave, fire away. What do you got? Hey, Rock. How's it going today? Good. Hey, uh, just so you know, I took a three-week tour of Europe this summer, and it was very interesting when you make it to Nuremberg. Um, you know, I couldn't wait to get home and tell this story. It's like I took a, a World War II a guided tour of Nuremberg, and, and Zeppelin Field, it's still there. The Nazi rally party grounds are still there. The Coliseum that was being built is still halfway built. It's still there. SS headquarters, still there. And as I told our tour guide, I said, in the United States, we like to go in the middle of the night and erase history, mm-hmm. paint over it, tarp over it, haul it away. He went, absolutely not. He said the only way we teach uh, the colleges and the high schools one week every year have to go to Nuremberg and study at Zeppelin Field and at their at the uh, memorial. Yeah. So, and, on, and, 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 yeah, and I'm sure there's some people that, that feel uncomfortable about that. And, you know, and given, you're meant to, though. And, and, you're meant according, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It, the, my, the German national I knew said that was the whole point. You're meant to feel uncomfortable. You're meant to feel shame. You're meant to feel awkward about how your family played a part in the demise of so many other families so that you don't do it again so you don't you don't accept other people's yes when you go to zeppelin field there's no there's no big swastika on the back but right where hitler stood and addressed hundreds of thousands of people it's still there the, the grounds are still there. Now they use it for concerts. They have uh, a lake there. They had. A, they were getting ready to have an F1 uh, race there when I was there. Um, so it's used for the public, but they didn't go out there and bulldoze the place and act like this didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is very shocking, Dave. Thank you for the call here. Let's let's take another one. Let's go to Aaron on a cell. Aaron, fire away. Hey, Rock, go Irish. Yeah, man. Hey, I want to talk about you know we're getting into a racing history. Um, you know, you can go back to the 1930s and look at what 
Joseph Stalin did with photographs of people that he murdered that were standing next to him. He had them airbrushed out. You know, I remember reading the book 1984, and it talked about how these, these three competing government systems were erasing history to continue getting what they wanted. You know, and specific, you know, and it's, to me the interesting thing is, and specifically with the Confederate uh, memorials in the South, is that I would assume that something like that would come from the government, but that seems to be coming more from social pressure. And well, it is. It's, it's, the, it's the Twitter mob. It's the Twitter mafia that, right. that gets on yeah. and, and they you strengthen numbers. They pile on. They force boycotts. They do all this. They, they make yeah. you out to be a racist if you want to just simply say, here's history. Here's what happened. And it's and people are caving. I mean, and I get it. There's some very, very powerful people behind those groups. And then specifically related to 9-11, you got you to gotta study 9-11. You got to go all the way back to the breakup of the Ottoman Empire and understand this caused this, caused this, caused this. So we don't do it again because we launched two wars as a result of 9-11, and, heck, we're still in both countries. Yeah, that's a good point. So you folks are, you know, raise your hand and say, so why, why are we still over in Afghanistan? And the, the teacher goes, um, well, there's so much missing. It would take you know, a half a year to, to get to there to that point, but that, which is what happens when, when you leave a lot of those things out. Aaron, thank you for the call. And I think part of it, too, is, I mean, you know, you say, you know, never forget. Because I, I think a part of that is, it's a reminder as Americans to you know stay stay vigilant, right? Like re- just be aware that these sort of things can happen. This country can be on the verge of of collapse and can be on the verge of of absolute danger. And you must be aware. And we should you know be confident and go out in public and do all those things, but still be aware. I I think that's a pretty simple lesson. Sure, and it's also you know patriotism too. Coming together, never forget. As it's kind of just like people hate that too. Just like um, you know, loose lips sink ships during World War II. You know that was it was obviously also you know if you see something, don't say anything. Spies are all around, but it's also meant to be patriotic. It had a dual meaning. Bingo. Let's take one more caller. Let's go to Lisa on a cell. Lisa, fire away. Hello, Lisa. Is Lisa there? Maybe not. Let's take another one. Let's go to Dave on a cell. Dave, uh, is this is this your experience with your uh, your child? Uh, well, my children, uh, they're in the Marymount School District, and uh, she uh, actually came downstairs uh, this morning and asked me about the Twin Towers, and I said, where did you hear that? And she said, she's in fourth grade. And she said, well, in school yesterday, they you know, went in the library and they discussed it. So I was very pleased about that. Uh, I'm an airline pilot, and so it's especially close to home, that whole uh, event, uh, and I was working that day, but um, I wasn't obviously involved with it. But um, so our family is always concerned about how it's presented and how much, you know, is daddy going to die every time he goes to work. So they did a really good job about explaining at that age the, you know, uh, a rough outline of what happened. And so we had a nice little discussion about it. I was happy about that. I will tell you, though, you know, right after it happened, my other kids were very young in the school district. And, you know, we had a call certain thing. You know, how are you guys going to address this? And, and they didn't know. You know, we were all in shock. And I mean, you look at it, you so we're discussed for the first five, six years at the young level. Mm. Um, but as they get older, um, they just know about it. My son's in a sophomore in high school, and uh, he. He doesn't remember being taught it, but he he, he knows all about it. Well, and and, but, and, Dave, and Dave, thank you for the call. And part of it because it sounds like you know him as a parent teaches the teaches his son what happened, especially. And I think you mentioned earlier in the airline industry how many things took place, how many changes were made just because of that that made oh, yeah. airlines safer. I mean, so you go in like, well, why do we have to go through this X-ray machine? Why is there a TSA screening? All that 
because of what happened in 9-11. Exactly. Which is, how's that a bad thing? All right, so let's do this. We'll take a break. We'll maybe take some more calls on this. Uh, but then after the news, we'll talk with Dean Regas. There is a Harvest Blood Moon on Friday the 13th, Rachel. How about that? That sounds spooky. We'll talk about it. 700 WLW. Summary Road. Weiler.com. All right, welcome back. Rocky and Rachel in today. So, Rachel, big things going down on Friday. It is a Harvest Blood Moon on Friday the 13th. That just says to me that I need to go get a pumpkin spice latte <laughs> and fully embrace the Halloween season. Just, just throw everything together. I'm going mean, to turn the on the Hocus the... Pocus, follow it up with, uh, you know, uh, some stop animation from Tim Burton of some sort. Yes. Get some, some creepy movie that he directed, yeah, yeah. put that on, maybe a Absolutely. flannel, or, you know, something like that. that uh, layer the flannel with the leggings, with the Ugg boots, with a scarf. And watch Bam. the world go nuts. Let's mm-hmm. see what this guy will be doing uh, this Friday. It's uh, the one and only Dean Regas from the Cincinnati Observatory. Dean, how are you? Hello, is Dean there? Dean. Yes, how are you guys doing? Good, good, good. So first explain to us what a harvest moon is and how many times does it happen to coincide with Friday the 13th? Man, we got a lot of things lining up here. If uh, you're superstitious, Friday is not your day. That's for sure. We got yeah, the harvest moon. That's the full moon that's closest to the fall equinox. And so uh, fall starts on the 23rd, and uh, we got this full moon. So every year we have a harvest moon, either in September or October. Uh, and so it'll look like a, just a really big moon rising up in the east as the sun sets. So as it gets dark, you'll see this uh, yeah nice full moon coming up. And uh, so it's uh, going to be, well, the, the press is saying it's on Friday the 13th, but of course astronomers have to be technical. And for us in Cincinnati, the full moon will occur after midnight on Saturday the 14th, so less superstitious. You guys, you guys ruin everything, you know what I mean? Come I on. know. So if you want to see it, if you want to see it on Friday the 13th, go to uh, Central Mountain or, uh, or Pacific Time. Then you can go uh, see it. But in Cincinnati, it'll technically be on the 14th but you know it's close enough let's let's just go for it absolutely so when was the last harvest moon i i remember going outside and and i think waking up my wife and telling her to come out inside and watch this because it, it was pretty bright right yeah yeah so yeah every year we get this uh, right around uh, september october and and people notice this one especially the harvest moon because it's you know usually around cincinnati september is gorgeous weather people are outside a lot and it's right after the sun goes down. So you use the sun sets in the west, then you look to the east, and you see this big moon coming up. And uh, the other little thing about this one, uh, this uh, full moon on Friday slash Saturday, is it's not going to be that big. It's what's called a puny moon, where the moon is slightly farther from us. So it shouldn't look as big and dramatic as you might remember it. Uh, but still, it should look pretty cool. Well, I mean, that's a terrible name for the moon, though, anyway. I mean, couldn't you guys come up with something yeah. better than puny? Oh, well, we've been Minuscule? talking around micro-moon. There you micro go. Moon. I like micro-moon. Oh, Let's make on. it a thing. I'm I'm trying to trademark puny moon. Okay, I guess you don't like that one. All right, well, I'll, I'll go with micro-moon then. How about that? Yes. Nice. So <laughs> uh, anything, Dean, astrologically explain Friday the 13th? Or I mean, obviously, I, mean, I know it goes back to an old myth and this and that, but is, is there anything remotely credible that you can tie this date to for why weird things supposedly happen? 
nothing astronomical. This is just pure uh, superstition stuff. But it's something I don't know what it is. There, there's actual a, a condition called triskaidekaphobia, the fear of the number thirteen. For some reason, it's like this. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a bad number. It's like, uh, but I don't know. Whenever I get a baker's dozen worth of stuff, I like that a lot better than twelve. But that's just me. <laughs> uh, but but hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Yeah, then then the Friday the 13th movies add on to this, and uh, then you get a full moon, and Halloween season's coming up. And so, yeah, the last time we had all this come together, a harvest moon, a, a full moon, uh, on a Friday the 13th was in 2000. And I remember because it was October too, so it made it even more spooky. And uh, everybody was calling in, thinking, "Oh my gosh, stuff, bad stuff's going to happen." And I, I remember that because it was my first year working at the Cincinnati Observatory, and I thought, "Oh man, people are really scared of this Friday the Thirteenth stuff." Yeah, it's, it's a big deal. Uh, one last thing on a different note, Dean. I just saw that uh, I guess scientists have detected water vapor and possibly, I guess, even liquid water on some exoplanet outside in some other solar system. Is this correct? Yeah, this is some early early results still to be confirmed, but uh, it's pretty promising to finding this kind of uh, these true this kind of signature for water uh, on these places that are you know trillions and trillions of miles away that we can detect this. It's uh, it's pretty pretty cool that uh, that's kind of one of the new researches is trying to find stuff on other planets around other stars. Uh, so, yeah, super exciting. It's a little early, but uh, I'm pretty excited about it. So, uh, look, I mean, using just a telescope, how can you tell if there is water on a planet that's way, way far away without like, actual testing and data and samples and all that? Yeah, the well, they eat, well, not the easiest way, but oh, the way that I can think of is that they break up the light. And so they can take the light, and the light has a signature of what kind of elements that are in it. And this is kind of what we've been doing for about 150 years or so with sunlight and various other starlight. Uh, looking at stuff that's that far away is a little trickier. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for the confirmation to come before I start uh, popping the champagne and saying, all right, yeah, let's go, uh, let's go visit that planet. So, okay, so they look at the, have the way the light ref- refracts off of certain things on the telescope, and that's how they can tell there's water. Yeah, they can break up the light. Think of it like a prism. The light goes yeah. through this prism, and it breaks it up, and it, there's like little signatures. It's like little fingerprints of the, the light leaves as to what kind of elements that are in it. It's this really cool trick to be able to do this, and, and uh, it's, uh, it takes some, a pretty savvy astronomer and some pretty sweet equipment uh, to do. And uh, so, it's, yeah, it's, it's one of the kind of the revolutions in astronomy. We can use light just to tell all this other stuff. Well, Dean, look, I learned something today. Actually, I learned like one or two things, so thank you.
We appreciate hey, it. Hey, my pleasure. My <laughs> pleasure. And yeah, just so Yeah, and you got an event coming up here too as well, right? Yeah, yeah talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, notes for the uh the uh full moon. Well, yeah, so you can check it out Friday night uh as the sun goes down, you can look for it and then Saturday night the full moon will be just about as good as it was on Friday night. And we're having a big event at the observatory called Scope Out. Uh, where people can come up and see all sorts of telescopes. We're planning on having dozens, maybe up to a hundred telescopes out on display that people can see and look through. And then we'll even have some for sale. And so that event goes from six to ten. And no reservations, just uh, come on over and, uh, uh, there's a mission charge for it, but uh, it should be a beautiful night to look at the moon and look at a bunch of telescopes. And that's, uh, we said six to ten on, on what day? Six to ten on Saturday six night Saturday at the night. observatory. Very good. Doing you the best. Thank you. Hey, my pleasure. Keep looking up, guys. Very good. Dean Regas with the Cincinnati Observatory. I love it. He's I love, the best. Yeah, I love the keep looking up tagline. It's just oh, great. I know. Did, did you ever watch like uh, those astronomy shows on PBS when you were like oh, of super course. little? Yeah. And, and that they was the great like, like yes. graphics Terrible, and stuff. Great. Well, Terrible. I mean, at the time they looked amazing, but right now they were like. Standing oh. in the middle of space. Those are the best. The best. What about you? Are you superstitious about anything? Not really. Not too up? much. I mean, uh, Mercury in retrograde. I'm basic like that. What does that one mean? Uh, Mercury in retrograde happens a couple times a year, and it's just uh, oh, I, yeah. It's when communication fails. It's when people misunderstand things and you lose stuff, and it's it's just a bad three weeks. So I, I was looking up. By the way, I was very superstitious when I played. I had all these like weird things. I'd put my left shoe on first, then my right shoe, then I'd tie my left shoe, then I'd tie my right shoe. I ate pancakes with cinnamon sugar on them every mm. morning. Uh, omelet. With ham, green peppers, and cheese the night before a game. Home game. Only home game. Only Away home game. game, it could be free-for-all. Oh, okay. So, I mean, lots of certain things like that and, yeah. and many, many others. But I found some other ones here. Um, apparently, uh, superstition-wise, putting your clothes on inside out in Russia invites a beating. I think everything in Russia. I was going to say, you get beat from just They're just anything. looking for new excuses, that's all. Uh, mixing beers in Chechnya is bad luck. So I guess you you know you have to stick with one beer the rest of that night or mm, look out. Okay. Um, Tuesday the thirteenth is unlucky in Greece. Yes, I was just reading about that. Okay, so the Greeks are uh, traditionally wary of Tuesdays, especially Tuesday the thirteenth. The rationale for the superstition goes all the way back to Tuesday the thirteenth, twelve o four on the Julian calendar. By mm-hmm. the way, yes. Um, when Constantinople completely fell to the Crusaders, uh, that wasn't the only unlucky Tuesday for the Greeks. I guess uh, fourteen fifty three. Constantinople fell to the Ottomans as well. So, yep. So there you go. You mean yep? No, I just read it. Okay. I I just was on. <laughs> I was looking at Friday the Thirteenth superstitions. And I just read that. It's bad luck to shake your legs in South Korea. Okay. In some fishing regions of China, it's bad luck to flip over a cooked fish. In some parts of Europe, lighting a cigarette from a candle is bad for sailors. Um, that just sounds like uh, you're tempting fate anyway. Agreed. Uh-huh. Women in traditional Rwandan societies avoid goat meat. I avoid goat meat in general. At all times, yeah. in general. Uh, in Sweden, it's considered bad luck to put keys on the table. Why? Because in the old days, prostitutes would put keys on tables in public areas to attract clients. So to avoid the misunderstanding, a superstition arose to prevent people from doing this accidentally. Uh, let me just get one last one here. Um... According to an old Pennsylvania German superstition, a female visitor on New Year's Day means bad luck. So, guys, don't have any females over on keep, New Year's Day. Keep your lady friends away there on New go. Year's Day. Rob, what about you? Any, like, traffic superstitions? 
Don't really have traffic superstitions. I uh, am wary of the number three and the color red. Really? Yep. That's interesting. And by the way, we'll take your calls if you have any strange superstition. I remember I did this uh, probably one calendar year ago. <laughs> and one somebody was saying that like they like they can only enter a street if it's like the third mailbox or some oh something crazy, and they would have to like time it up and go around the no. block so they would hit the the, okay. the mailbox the right certain no, yeah. right so so where does um the line between superstition and ocd begin i think it's it's it, it's that very one's blurred. very, very blurred blur- and, yeah, yeah that's very close Absolutely. paranoia yeah some people are crazy about there stuff. you go from the uc health traffic center uc health orthopedics and sports medicine is proud to serve as the official health care provider for the uc bearcats Heads up for some debris in the road. Westbound 275, it's around Winton Road, and it's causing some cars to drive off the highway to avoid it. So uh, I can see there is a backup there from approaching Winton all the way back to Route 4, and that is growing. So heads up there. You've got an accident on North Bend Road at Boomer Road. Traffic is heavy north 71 between Dana and Stewart's. North 75, heavy Dixie to the bridge. Then you're stop and go all the way from Mitchell to Union Center. South 75, crowded through Lachlan, then between Ezard Charles and the Brent Spence. I'm Rob Williams, News Radio 7. Cincinnati. Rocky and Rachel, in honor of the harvest moon on this Friday the 13th, we're just talking a little bit of uh, about superstitions uh, between now and 4 o'clock. Uh, here's another one, uh, Rachel. In Serbia, complimenting a baby will bring it bad luck. So I guess you really? just... Really? So, so you're supposed to tell people their babies are ugly? ugly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Exactly. That's, huh. that's the proper way to do it. Um, let's see. According to one early 20th century American superstition, all dishcloths should be burned before a move. And I guess the theory is if there's like bad germs or bad stuff in your old house, you, should, mm-hmm. you don't want to bring that to the to the new house. Hey, I'm all about like getting rid of stuff before you move. So I, I I'll got, buy into that one. So I, I, you have no no superstitions? No. I got one I thought of, but it's kind of personal. Should I say it anyway? Yes, absolutely. Okay. That's so, even more reason to say it. So I have two colors of underwear, okay? Okay. Black and gray, right? Okay. And I, when I'm broadcasting a game, I only I make sure I only pack black. Because really? I, I wore gray ones, and I thought I had a crap game, and I'm, of course that was the reason why. Oh, but you've had good games Is this thing on? Did I say this on live on air? Yeah. Anyway. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Dave on a cell. Dave, fire away. What do you got? Hey, Rocky. Rachel, how you doing? Good. Hey, Rocky, you'll appreciate this one. Um, when I played uh, baseball, starting with Little League, I had to have the number 44, and I would never, never touch the um, the powder. Um, oh, the line. Yeah, I, I mean, that's a big baseball. I would say most everybody I know, you, you hop over the line going on off the field. Absolutely. I mean, I started with Little League, and then when I got into uh, uh, high school and then Babe Ruth League, I always had to have that 44 number, and like I said, I never touched those foul lines. What, what happened if, like, another player had 44? I just, I mean, what would you do? Oh, it happened once in high school, and I had to pay 50 bucks for him to give me number 44. Really? So and you often see that in the in the uh, like in pro football when somebody goes to another team, right? And um, whatever, uh, you know, this is not the case. But Antonio Brown goes and he wants a certain number. It's already another player. He has it, and they'll pay big money for it, probably really? ten, twenty grand for it. Wow! Oh, oh yeah, I, 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 I believe Chad Johnson when he went to the Dolphins, somebody had 
What was it? He was 89, right? Uh, 85, 85, duh. Um, and I think he had to, he paid, I, I, I have to look that up, but that, but that definitely okay. happens. Dave, Dave, thank you for the call, buddy. Appreciate it. Let's go to the, let's take another one. Tom, you have uh, some golf superstitions. What do you got? Yeah, I've been playing golf with my dad for a long, long time. He's not able to golf anymore, but he left me with this. There was a guy he used to play with named Bill Sabil. And when your ball was rolling toward the hole on the green when you putt, he'd always say it's in and it wouldn't go in. So it became known as a Seville. If you talk to my ball, if you talk to my ball on the way to the hole and you and it doesn't go in, you Seville me. And uh, I've been I've been teaching I've been teaching everybody I play with Seville so my dad can have a legacy after he's gone that I love he left uh, yeah. It's a chip or a putt that's rolling on the green, heading toward the hole. You say it's in and it don't go in. You fulfilled me, man. Oh, that's right. You, you, so. That ball was clearly going to go in, right, Tom? That 80-foot putt was clearly going to go in, but you civil. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. You got civilled, and, and that was that. That's it. So I'm just trying to spread that around and give my dad a little legacy after I love that. that. That's, 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 that's very right. cool, Tom. Keep, the, keep your dad's Thank name you around. Much. Awesome. Thank you, buddy. So let's do this, Rachel. So coming up after the top of the hour news, it is Bourbon Heritage Month. Okay. And isn't every month bourbon month? Amen to that. Mm-hmm. But it's officially, it's like extra bourbon heritage month this month, right? I like the extra on that. So yes. I thought it would be a good excuse to get someone on to just to talk bourbon so I can learn about what bourbons I should be buying because I'm kind of getting into this thing a little bit. Uh-huh. So yeah. we're going to have the one and only Molly Wellman, who is yes. the, the capital T-H-E mixologist here in town. One of my favorite ladies. One of the favorite people in the whole world. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's going to come on and tell us a little bit about bourbon, how it's made, what are some good ones. That and much, much more. It's after the news. News Radio 700 WL. The Eddie and Rocky Show. Eddie's out this week alongside Rachel. And Rachel, um, I told you a couple weeks ago, my wife and I, my sister and her husband went on a, we did a couple of bourbon tours. Yes. Right? We did Buffalo so Trace. Yeah, it was great. Buffalo Trace. And we did Willet. So I learned a lot. Um, and then it is also just happens to be Bourbon Heritage Month. So I thought we'd bring someone on to talk about bourbon. Someone, if we knew, if we God, if we just knew one person here in the Tri-State that knew something about mm, bourbon, somebody that was extra, was like extra awesome, and would really on awesome, occasion makes good drinks. Yeah, like on occasionally bring us drinks. See, uh, may, maybe this person, Molly Wellman. Molly, how are you? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> we are great, Molly. We are. We're so excited to have you on. And uh, again, I, I know that you are a, a lover of bourbon. You've been posting on your Facebook, uh, I guess, every day, different types of bourbon in honor of Bourbon mm-hmm. Heritage Month. So we figured we got to get you on and, and talk a little little spirits. How about that? You had me at bourbon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. So let me ask you this. So I mean. I mean, just the short answer of how bourbon is made. It's 51% corn, and it's got to be aged in a charred oak barrel. But what is it about bourbon? And, and I know you know a lot about the history of it and, and just the history yeah. of drinks. What is it about bourbon that makes it such a a, a sought-after drink and a sought-after spirit to, to make cocktails with? 
I think, uh, you know, I, I, you know, bourbon, if I could marry bourbon, I would. But <laughs> it's, it really is my favorite thing. Um, I think for, what, what makes bourbon so special, especially uh, in America, is it, it's a truly American thing. It's a true American spirit. And especially where we live here, it, it, you, it tells the story of where we are here, you know, in Cincinnati and so close to Kentucky. It really tells our story. It really does. And the, the, for cocktails, it makes such a great cocktail because it has so many different flavors in it mm-hmm. that are naturally, you know, naturally occur in um, not just the aging process, but also the distillation process and the fermentation process and all of that. So I think it's really a special thing. And it's, it's, it's such a simple thing, too. It's water and grain and yeast, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Out of those simple things, we get this wonderful, wonderful spirit. Uh, what in, yeah. When it comes to buying a bourbon or looking for a bourbon for people that don't necessarily know as much as you and Rocky do about bourbon. No, I'm <laughs> way you, down the list here compared to her, but yeah. What, do you, what are the things you tell people to look for? You know, it, the, the great thing about bourbon also is that it's as different as every person on, on the earth. It really is. So it's all about taste. It really is. So there's a bourbon for every person out there. But if you're looking for a bourbon, I suggest going to, uh, you know, one, a, a great bar that carries uh, a great bourbon selection and that offers flights, really. Um, and then uh, and a staff that's very knowledgeable in talking about the bourbon, talking it through it. So trying different flights, trying different things, and finding the one that really, like, tickles your fancy, the one that, that's for you. I think that's really important. Wait, Molly. I do that all the, all the time at Jeff's. <laughs> There's such a thing as flights of bourbon? Oh, yeah. What? Oh, definitely. Oh, you did yeah. not tell me about this. I blame you, Rocky. You no, I did. I did, uh, let's say, uh, between one and six while I was on the, the trail the other the You other can month. go do this at bars? Absolutely. At certain bars, yeah, definitely. I mean, I wouldn't go to, you know, your neighborhood, your neighborhood dive bar. And, you know, there might be somebody there. I'm not saying at all <laughs> like that, but... You know, the, you know, you you say, "Hey, can I have a flight of your neighborhood?" They, they might not. They might look at you. You have three eyes or something. So, um, like, again, there's, a, there's so many great bourbon bars around the city, and great bars within Cincinnati that have such a, a wonderful selection of bourbon, and really know how to talk about it and tell you the history, where it's from, what you're looking for, and tasting. Another thing you can do, since we are so close to the bourbon trail. And we have such great distilleries popping up in northern Kentucky and in Ohio. Uh, go check out a distillery like, like, like Rocky did. I think it's, it's so much fun to do and see how it's made, uh, talk to the people who actually make it. It's so much fun to go and do that. And we're right here. Where it's right down the street where 95% of all the bourbon in the world is made. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, Molly, explain, I guess, you know, there's – there's regular bourbon, then there's small batch, there's single barrel. I mean, describe what people, if you know, people are confused on what all that is, I mean, describe what each of those kind of categories mean. So there's all kinds. So if you if you pick up something, if it was, sorry, I'm, um, I'm discombobulated. Here we go. Um, so <laughs> if you pick up a bottle and it says sour mash, all bourbon, well, not all bourbon, but most bourbon is made from sour mash. Sour mash just means they've taken some of the fermented, um, mash and added it into the next batch so they can get a con- almost a consistent product. Um, 
But there's some that start with a sweet mash, which means they start with just a, a, a start of a new mash. Um, single barrel means that it comes from one single barrel, mm-hmm. meaning that they, they the, the distiller and the people at the distillery will taste the, every barrel and find the consistency in all those barrels, and they will use those barrels to dump and then pour into um, each bottle, single barrel. Um, bonded, bonded, uh, mm-hmm. bottled in bond means that it is uh, a, it's a, a, about quality. In the old days, uh, they didn't have such quality in bourbon, and to make sure that you got quality, they started the Bottled in Bond Act, which uh, says that it, it'll be made at one dis- distillery during one distillation season, uh, aged for at least four years in a bonded warehouse, and then always bottled at 100 proof, so you know you're going to have a quality bottle. That's a, it's a high proof. Um, Let's see. Small batch really doesn't mean anything. I mean, in, in mm-hmm. theory, it means that they use just a few uh, a lesser amount of barrels to blend the barrel into, you know, to blend into the, the barrel. But really, it's just a marketing term for anything. So um, what else do we got? Um, well, let, let me ask you this, Amal. <laughs> Explain why Jack Daniels is not bourbon. Oh, man. This is such a controversial thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I brought you on to ask it, not me. <laughs> so, it, technically, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get so much, so much stuff for this. Technically, the way that uh, Jack Daniels is made, you know, they, they, you know, do everything that bourbon does. But in the last part, before it goes into the barrel, they um, filter the whiskey through um, charred um, sugar uh, maple char. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so then, in a lot of cases, that makes it so it can't be a bourbon. Also, here's the other thing: Tennessee's really proud of making Tennessee whiskey, and there's nothing that's more Tennessee whiskey than Jack Daniels. Bingo. So you know, they really like they really like to like kind of differentiate themselves from being a bourbon that way. I think so. Yeah, I guess that's the best answer without me getting in too much trouble. <laughs> so, so Molly, but this is great information. Again, Molly mm-hmm. Wellman joining us here. So, just how about let's do this? Like, if, you know, for people out there that maybe want to try some bourbon, give us like one, just kind of just you know a standard one to try that's not expensive or anything. Then give us like a middle of the road, maybe a little bit better. And then maybe what's a bourbon that is like a kind of a top shelf kind of a specialty one that maybe people on a whim can can try one day give us give us those three okay so um i'm just going to tell you the ones that i have open right now because everybody <laughs> asks me hey molly what's your favorite bourbon and that has got to be the hardest question ever so the ones that i'm drinking right now uh the like kind of the like lower end that i would mix cocktails with i'd still drink it straight if i needed to would probably be old granddad bonded i really like that it's um you know under $20. It's a really great high-rye whiskey. It's awesome. Um, going up from that, I really love the uh, Old Forester Signature, which is 100 proof. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic bourbon. It's going to be in, like, the $30 range. I also have a Henry McKenna open as well. That's a little harder to find, but still in that 30 to $40 range. Uh, really good bourbon. The high-end bourbon that I have open right now is um, a Yellowstone limited edition, which is a phenomenal bourbon out of out of Lebanon, uh, Kentucky, out of limestone branch. Fantastic bourbon, um, just mellow, 
clean, smooth as silk. It's beautiful. So those are the ones I have open. That's what I'm drinking now. It all sounds good. <laughs> I, I wrote those down, and I will I will try to get a hold of some of that. And, and by the way, Molly, if you, I'm on a mission to find a bottle of Blanton's. You can't find it anywhere now. So it's it's hard to find, but if you're down at the distillery at the right time. They put those out on the shelf. I they know. I, I had an 11 a.m. tour, and I was like, come on, baby. they they got to have some out. Boom, nope, <sighs> gone. So No, it's gone in two seconds. you got to be there at the <laughs> right time. You really do. But, um, no, some, at some places there's allocations where you can find blends. Every time I get blends with Japs, it, it goes pretty darn quick. And it's not just from me drinking it, I promise. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think I think what, what's made it even more scarce is uh, John Wick drinks it in the uh, in the movie, and everyone loves John Wick. So yes. that uh, I think that has made the popularity skyrocket. So it made knows. me like him a lot more. I mean, I like him before, but when I drank that, I was like, yeah. <laughs> there you go, Molly. You are the best. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Have a great day. Will do. The, the great Molly Wilma. How about that? I love her so much. She's the best. She's the, What a great job. I know. You're on booze and kind of, you know, just, you know, all, know all the history of it. That's what's neat about yeah. it. Yeah. Rob, what do you got? It's a tough job, but somebody's, somebody's got to do it, right? God, <laughs> oh, man, I got to go to work yeah. today. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus hey, yeah from the UC Health Traffic Center, UC Health Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, proud to serve as the official health care provider for the UC Bearcats. Northbound 75, an accident near Town Street. The left lane's blocked. You're heavy to Mitchell. Accident south 75 past Galbraith. That's got you heavy towards Sharon Road. There's a broken down semi south 75 approaching 275 in Sharonville and westbound 275 past Winton. Debris in the road. You're heavy to Route 4. Latest accidents, Warsaw Avenue at Grand, Fairbanks Avenue near River Road, northbound 75 continues heavy between Lockland and Union Center. I'm Rob Williams, News Radio 7. Rocky and Rachel, uh, Molly texted me, we just had her on talking about bourbon, and she wanted me, she said she forgot to mention it, but there's a bourbon fest in Washington Park this Saturday, and she'll be there speaking about the history of bourbon in Cincinnati. So, Fantastic. There you go. And we're also yes. getting some calls from some folks telling me like some of the secret places to get the blends. But here's the here's the issue is a lot of these a lot of the places they may have it, but then they'll try to jack up the price. Like it's normal I think it's like supposed to be like a forty dollar bottle. Well of do bourbon. you want to call out the one place right now? No, not no. at all. No. No. <laughs> but but I, it's a, it's against my roots to spend that much. I, I don't you know I like to I don't like to spend that much on them. No, you like to you you price shop just like I do. We just do it on different things. I do it with shoes and you child do it dressings. With, yeah, you do it with bourbon. <laughs> so I always love these stories. Just I feel like we see these more and more, but it's probably just more so it's the internet. So you just you get to see them. They come across your desk more. But um, here's a McDonald's employee, and this is in New Orleans. Uh, chokes then punches a customer after he complained about cold fries. And I saw the video, and it was hilarious. And a guy walks up and is like, yo, man, I'm sorry, but fries are cold. The guy had enough. Just walks loses it. Walks around the it. counter and just loses it. Just absolutely loses it. Could you wow. imagine? 
I mean, who knows? Maybe the guy had something serious going on in his life, a bunch of things piled up. But Right, and that was the, the final that incident. That was the final one. That but was that was, that's one lackluster final incident, isn't it? <laughs> had it with this dump. That's right. And then, um, so this is a uh, man smashes 20 cars, okay, and uh, says, I did it because Donald Trump owes me $1 million. Now, if you had to guess what state in the union this happened in, what would you guess? I only ha- I have two guesses. I'm going to throw both of them out there. California. No. Or New York. No. But oh. close. Florida. I always feel like weird oh, stuff yeah. happens in Florida, right? I th- I feel I thought it would be a, like a liberal hotbed, you know? That's true. Well, exactly. Well, so the Donald Trump thing throws that off, but I, I agreed. Uh, so a homeless man in Florida went on a car vandalism spree Monday, smashing at least 20 vehicles before getting tired and falling asleep <laughs> on a nearby bench. When questioned by authorities... Wow. He said it happened because Donald Trump owes me $1 million. So. Now, that wasn't much of a getaway. No. Well, yeah. How far away was Mar-a-Lago from this? Was um, it in the vicinity? This is um, Okaloosa County, so I'm not sure what county Mar-a-Lago is in. But, mm-hmm. um, so the sheriff's office said he faces 14 counts of felony criminal mischief and six counts of misdemeanor criminal mischief for an estimated $30,000 in damages, which doesn't sound like he will be, be able, able to pay. Yeah. No, uh, I have one, too. Fire away. There is a chimpanzee running amok in Texas, in Galveston County, so just south of Houston. This chimp, they can't find the owner. And it's just running around the town of Santa Fe, Texas, harassing locals and their dogs and attempting, according to the article, to steal cats. So a rogue chimpanzee. Yes, is going around stealing everybody's cats? Trying to steal cats. What's he doing with cats? Is he eating the cats? I don't know. Do chimp? I don't know. Do chimps eat cats? They might. Do they make pets out of the, out of the I, cats? I mean, I, I feel like it could, but th- it's just weird. Like, why are you trying to steal the cats in the neighborhood? So, yes, there's a chimp running around trying to chase down cats in the neighborhood of this small town in Texas. And nobody knows where it came from, and they're trying to catch it with a drone, and it's just the most... Drone? What they should do is just get, like, a litter of, like, ten cats, and then put, like, a big cage <laughs> over top of it, right? And make some bait, and then, boom, drop the cage over the over the, the chimpanzee. Problem solved. I mean, I just think, uh, you know, Texas Parks and Wildlife want an excuse to use the drone, so they're saying, let's use the drone to find the chimp in Santa Fe, right? It's not working out. It's not working out so far. And like I said, they have no idea where this thing came from. You have to have a permit in Texas to own a chimp. And nobody's reported a chimp missing, which I feel like if that happened, that would be something you would want to like maybe inform the authorities of. Be like, hey, guys, FYI, you see a chimp running around. It's mine. Right. Unless, I mean, I guess if, it, if they had it there illegally, they're not going to That gonna would be anything. the, yes, that would be but the that's thing. But that's you're going to be in bigger trouble. You will be. Because yes. look, in this day and age, Nothing is a secret, right? Everyone knows they got the neighbor will come out and said, "Yeah, it's you know, it's Rachel. You know, she's the one that has the pet chimpanzee." And- right. I mean, I feel like that's a hard pet to cover up. It's not like this is a, a no pets apartment and somebody has a a, a small dog. This right. is a chimp, or even like a you know some rare snake from the Amazon somewhere. You can kind of keep that under wraps a little bit. Yeah, but chimpanzees big. That's, they, how, they that's eat a lot way harder. They- that's yeah. That's a, a way harder thing to cover up for very long. But this is what they're dealing with down in Texas right now. Yeah, everyone's got problems. We right, all got right. issues. Uh, my thoughts Florida. and prayers are with the cats. <laughs> there you go. Hide your cats.
So coming up here, uh, we will take a break for the bottom of the hour news, and then um, PJ Street, right? One of our favorite guys here. We want to, I mean, really a very well-known guy here in town for you know diets, nutrition, workouts, fitness, all that sort of thing. He's going to come on, and um, and we're actually going to start doing this once a week, you know, like a health segment. And he wants to come on today and talk about there's something in like the Hollywood folks are doing. It's called the carnivore diet. Oh, okay, which is apparently pretty self-explanatory yeah like, all you eat is meat like that's it which i mean man, I don't, god would that get old after a while i feel like yeah that's a little rough that is that's a little rough so he will, he will come on and talk about the ins and outs of the carnivore diet I mean, but look people are saying it's you know it helps their they, they're losing weight their cholesterol goes down their cataracts go away what? their cancer is cured i mean it's it's unbelievable it's like the oh, greatest thing ever okay right, so he's yeah. gonna come on and talk about that. That'll be after the news. News Radio 700.org. Eddie and Rocky Show. Eddie is out. Rachel's in with me this week. So I've been reading a lot, Rachel, uh, lately about the carnivore diet. Okay. And where the ins and outs of that. A lot of the Hollywood types and the movie stars are, are swearing by this diet and wanted to get a little more information. So to do that, I want to bring on uh, really the voice of, of fitness here in Cincinnati. He is the owner of Revive Fitness Systems, an online fitness training and nutrition coaching system, the one and only PJ Street. PJ, how are you, buddy? Rocky, how are you? Hi, Rachel. Hey. We are good. So what is the carnivore diet, and why is it so popular right now? Well, it seems to me it's like the drastic overreaction to being vegetarian. So if vegetarian is the far left, carnivores are the far right. Uh, <laughs> nice. But it, it has a massive cult following right now. Um, now, mind you that there hasn't been any long-term research, actually any research at all done on this. What you have is a lot of social media influencers, celebrities uh, that flare up and down uh, about this diet and about all the positive outcomes. Um, it can bring, obviously, weight loss, curing autoimmune disorders, curing depression, uh, anything under the sun you can think of. This, this diet is the new big thing. Okay, and it's it's just you just all you eat is meat, right? Period. If it if it came from an animal, it's fair game, pun intended. If it comes from a plant, it's it's off limits. And it's this is why these things these types of diets become very popular because number one, and this is why that this can actually work quite well for people. Number one, anytime someone is told you don't have to track anything, you don't have to track calories. Yeah. Um <laughs> And give and you're given very bright line rules. Do this, don't do this, eat this, don't eat this. People's eyes get real big because anytime you can get away from actually having to track anything, and you're told you don't have to worry about meal frequency, you don't have to worry about any of that. You can eat as much of this as you want as long as you don't consume any of this over here. People really get drawn to that. Um, and, and so here's how this can actually work and why it, it does work. Um, for people, it's the same way any low carbohydrate diet works. Now, this is the ultimate extreme low carbohydrate diet, mind you. Protein and fats are very satiating macronutrients. Okay, you're only going to eat so much meat and bacon um, before you don't want any more. All right, if they have a, an anti hunger effect. Um, so, what that does is is that people can intuitively eat that stuff and not overshoot their calories for the day okay they, they just they get they get full and satiated faster to where they can't overeat um or they're less likely to overeat and they end up in a calorie deficit for the day and that's 
as all diets, that's how they all work. It puts you in a calorie deficit. You're consuming less energy um, than what your body currently needs to maintain its body weight. So it's nothing, you know, magical in principle. But, um, again, very satiating, um, very anti-hunger. And when you're eating a very high-protein diet, you also experience what's, what's called in, in, in the nutritional world the thermic effect of feeding. So that's basically the, the amount of energy your body uses to break down a certain macronutrient, and protein has the highest level of that. Mm-hmm. So if I gave you guys 100 calories of red meat, um, it's very expensive for the body to break down, so you might only end up netting 80 of those calories versus if I gave you 100 calories of white bread, you would net like 97, 98 of those 100 calories. You get it? So it makes sense. When, when you combine all these factors, the, the anti-hunger, the satiating effect, and the fact that you're just netting less calories via a high thermic effect of feeding, you can lose a lot of weight really fast. And here's the other thing, which is why people are mostly drawn to it from a weight loss perspective. If you're used to eating a, a mixed diet, with, which includes carbohydrates, you are going to store carbohydrates in your muscle and liver, okay? If you cease to eat carbohydrates, what store is eventually going to be used up and eliminated? And what comes with that is a drastic drop in water. So you can lose 10, 12, 15 pounds on the scale in a week, and people are like, oh, my gosh, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And, and, it's, and all I have to do is eat stuff that comes from an animal. It's nothing magic. It's just you drop a lot of water way quickly and people are drawn to it. Um, so that's how, that's how the diet can work. And for some people, it works quite well. Where the, I guess, where are the effects that that has on eating just meat in terms of um, vitamins and minerals that you might yeah. have to get yeah. from a plant, based, or at least sweat. some plants in your diet? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, my two, and I'm, I'm in no way a medical practitioner, but my, my two concerns in, in what seems to be in researching this topic, the concerns would be, number one, um, your chance of increasing colon cancer risk. Because if you're not consuming any fiber, you know, that's a problem. And, the, 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 you know, the, the evidence behind fiber in terms of prevention of colon cancer is pretty darn strong. Um, my other concern would be, Plant foods, vegetables, fruits, et cetera, have a lot of phytonutrients, which are just, you know, chemicals produced by plants, which are very protective to our DNA. So those, those are the two big red flags for me from a health perspective. Again, not a physician, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's a fair assumption that that should be a red flag for people. Um, now, you have people online right now, all these influencers, influencers that are actually posting their labs you know, pre and post carnivore, and they're showing these these drastic improvements in all in all of their health biomarkers. My my my, my issue with that is, it's like, was it really the diet, or is it the fact that you lost twenty percent of your body weight? Because weight loss is going to cause, you know, cause very positive health improvements. So, a lot of time, these diets are, are touted as, you know, you know, curing high blood pressure, curing X or Y health condition, when in fact it's just the weight loss that results from it. But so again, from a from a negative perspective, you know, I, I would worry about colon cancer risk. I would worry about um, you know the, the lack of essential vitamins and minerals and phytonutrients that come from plant foods. And the big one, guys, is I worry about sustainability of this diet because 
this is the big thing with any diet. It, it, any diet will produce an outcome if it puts you in an energy deficit and in a, in a caloric deficit, right? But you have to look beyond the outcome and look at what happens when the diet ends. If you, if you aren't able to sustain that methodology, the results are not going to be maintainable. And it's not a matter of, of if, it's just a matter of when you regain all the weight, when you go back to your normal style of eating. So you always have to look at the sustainability factor of any diet. If you don't intend right. to eat this way long term, why do it now? Because weight cycling, dropping a lot of weight and then regaining it, that that is a very, very detrimental situation. Well, and, and, that, every, was a, and that was the thing, PJ, about the, the Atkins diet 25 years ago. It was like it, it worked. But, I mean, who who can eat just meat and eggs every meal of the day and, and, and stuff like that, right? Eventually, That's the people, whole thing. Right. So you had to go back to somewhat normal, and then, boom, it flew your, threw your body all into you know, different kinds of flux. And it, I mean, I guess destroyed any sort of gains or positive things it did for you, right? Yeah. And this is what you have to understand. Every time you, you lose a bunch of weight and then regain it and you decide you want to lose it again and you do something silly like this, it gets exponentially harder to lose the same amount of weight, okay, and it takes twice as long. And that's just that's the reality of the situation. So once again, this all comes back to sustainability. I'm not saying that some of the tenets of doing this don't make a lot of sense from an evidence-based perspective. What I am saying is that I doubt it's sustainable, and you'll likely gain all your weight back, and then you're going to get into in this nasty cycle of that, and it just becomes harder and harder to maintain weight loss. 95% of people do not maintain their weight loss, and most of them gain back even more than, than when, from where they started from. So you always have to ask yourself that question. Do you have an exit strategy from a diet, and what is that? And if you're not putting as much emphasis on the long game as you are in just accelerating results in the short term, you're going to have a real problem to fail. Are, are, are these kind of the same situations with all these fad diets that yep. promise, you know, uh, magic and uh, pie gold at the end of the rainbow? But really, it's just, you know, uh, so, like you said, influencers talking about things online that have been they're verified. probably getting paid by a company to talk about how, how this thing works. And maybe, yeah, yeah but I, I just, you know, it seems like there's been so many of these recently in, in the last and, and few years. This will be popular for a while, and then like in. 2029, we'll hear about the carnivore diet again, and this is how all these things go. Yeah. Ketogenic diet, I did a ketogenic diet when I was in college because I was just enamored with it. Just, you know, and, you know, my dietetics professor told me, she's like, this has been around for like 40 years already. And then you didn't hear about the ketogenic diet until like five years ago. And that's just how these things work. And, it, again, it goes back, guys, to any time you tell somebody you don't have to track calories, you don't have to be on a meal plan, you just have these bright lines that you have to follow. Do this, don't do that. Eat only this, don't eat that stuff. And it, it really makes people's eyes light up. And it seems very, very, um, you know, people are likely to jump on something like that versus having to do, you know, the hard stuff that's likely going to, to maintain your weight loss. It, it, it's just so hard because. There's so many contradictions, and all of a sudden, you know, things that you've been taught since you were young, fruits and vegetables are, are not good. Everything kills you now, right? right everything, <laughs> everything does. Well, and then also it's like water. I mean, everywhere you go, people are just chugging water. You go in the gym, and the guy's got the gallons of jug. But now the the uh, the carnivore diet helps get rid of your water waste. So which is it? Do I want water in my system, or do I not want water in my system? You know, it's just so much. It's hard to keep track of all this. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
at the end of the day, guys, it, it's and this is this comes this is if you look at all the research on weight loss, it comes down to finding a way that you can stay in a calorie deficit until you hit your goal, and then having a system in place that's going to be sustainable for you. So it's not so much as a diet as it is you need to come up with a lifestyle nutrition system for yourself. Gotcha. gotcha. So, it is, you know, if you want to eat bacon and ribeye steaks for the rest of your life, have at it. If that's sustainable for you, more power to you. But I think that this is, you know, going to be a very small percentage of people that can be able to do that long term. Bingo. PJ, you're the best, my friend. I appreciate it, and we'll talk to you next week, okay? All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Uh, PJ Street joining us there. So. I've always been under – I go by the school of thought of calories count, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you eat. It's it's the amount of calories. But I guess it makes sense what he's saying. I guess the, the, the meat, it it takes calories to digest it. So, therefore, but then people think they can eat all they want. But then, God, how much can you? How much of that can you eat? Around days, weeks, months? You could do that. But years? Yeah. Could you do that? I, I mean, I love a good steak, but my God. Rob, what do you got? I could eat steak all day. <laughs> I bet you, you, Rob's like, try me. Yeah. I, I can eat steak out of steak every and, day. And forever. put some bacon on it, would you? <laughs> and now we're talking. <laughs> From the UC Health Traffic Center, UC Health Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, proud to serve as official health care provider for the UC Bearcats. Got a new accident now westbound on 74. It's blocking your right lane. Traffic is heavy. Back on to 75. North 75, an accident near Town Street continues to block the left lane. You're heavy to south of Mitchell. North 71, an accident at Montgomery Road. It's moved off to the right shoulder. And the latest accident elsewhere on Galberth Road at Kenwood. You're heavy south 75 from the lateral down towards 74 and northbound 75 continues heavy dixie to the bridge you're then stop and go from lockland up to union center i'm rob williams news radio 700 200 rachel is of course 9-11 right yes. the 18th anniversary of what happened on, on that day um and we were talking earlier about how uh, schools are not teaching it anymore, right? We had multiple callers. Trisha Mackey talked about it. You know, grade school, high school. They're not, I guess, almost as sent down by the state of Ohio not to touch that topic. So we've been going back and forth with it. But I thought we'd bring on our good friend Willie and just talk about that day. And and Willie, how are you? First of all, Rocky and Rachel, how are you? We we are excellent. So we just thought we we'd like to get your perspective of you are of course on air. Uh, that day, 18 years ago, I, I know it didn't happen. It happened earlier than your shift, but just describe that day and you know the thoughts you had of how do I talk about this on air? What happened? What went through your mind? Describe the day for us. None of us were around, I would think, and on Pearl Harbor nor other historic days. And but uh, as far as that day, I was watching as I do always Fox News in the morning, and they started covering it. I called. About about uh, 8.45 a.m., I called uh, our newsroom, and Mo Ager picked up, and he was the producer of the Jim Scott Show at the time. And I said, Mo, are you watching TV? Some plane flew into the World Trade Center. It kind of looks like one of those King Kong events like it happened in the 1930s. The same thing happened with the Empire State Building. And then about 15 minutes later, the second plane hit, and all hell broke loose. We went to ABC News programming for most of that day and maybe some of the next day. And then uh, it was obvious that America was literally under attack at war. And, of course, the fear in the beginning was it was the beginning of a wave of attacks. This was not going to be just the, just the four events mm-hmm. uh, of Shanksville and the Pentagon. It was going to continue on. And if somebody would have said a couple of days after 9-11 that uh, for the next 19 years there would not be an organized 
vicious mass attack. Nobody would have believed it because there was a thought at the time, this is the beginning of a wave of Islamic terror that's going to strike us that had been going on for 20 or 30 years, and this will go on for 20 or 30 years. We have had a few isolated attacks like uh, Fort Hood and some other in California, but mainly the success of Republicans and Democrats have been that we were united in fighting this threat to our way of life, and we largely succeeded. And now we have to redefine what it is. I'm, I'm around teenagers quite a bit because of Deer Park and Madeira and Mount Notre Dame. And in the last couple of days, I've asked a couple of teenagers who must go nameless, uh, anything happening at uh, your school about 9-11? And I get the uniform response, what are you talking about? 9-11, what's that? Wow. I said, well, 9-11. Now, the New York Times, Rachel, as you know, is perceived to be the greatest newspaper in the country. Uh, they had a, a editorial today, quote, airplanes took aim and brought down the World Trade Center on September the 11th. Uh, much like inanimate metal objects called guns that must be banned, the New York Times and others are talking about airplanes took aim and brought down the World Trade Center. That's the conversation. Uh, unbelievable. But, I mean, to your original point there, Willie, about the thought – being that th this was just the beginning, right? Th this sort of thing was no. going to happen. And, and, and I remember that vividly in, in talking with people. I was on the campus of Notre Dame. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, I think because it seemed like what they did, it's like, it's like how come no one thought of this before, right? It's almost like it seemed easy. Like, what? Well, yeah, just kind of infiltrate, you know, uh, you know, get, get some, get some flight lessons, kind of, you know, kind of blend in. And, and this is, of course, was for, you know, before many of the TSA regulations and all that. So you're like, my God, this is just going to keep happening over and over and over. And, and the fact that it hasn't it, is pretty amazing. The pre 9 11 airplane travel, there was no screening of luggage. I can recall getting on planes and sitting there as individuals walked on with shotguns. And uh, the, the then stewardesses would say, sir, are those unloaded? Uh, are those unloaded? Yes. Uh, okay. Put them up in the overhead compartment. Uh, <laughs> uh, literally, uh, smoking. You, you wanted to be on a plane and not sit next to somebody in the middle street smoking the, uh, smoking the entire flight. And then it went to smoking section, and now it's eliminated. Think about the world changing with shotguns visible, walking on with hunters, and the stewardess saying, are those unloaded, sir? Just put them up yeah, on top. Yeah, take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, that's the Believe it or not, that's the world the way it was, and now everything's changed successfully. And I guess as an American, when things are rough, we come together. FDR, the Republicans came together. We had Vietnam. Unfortunately, the Republicans and the Democrats came together to keep that thing going for 12 years. And after 9-11, George Bush had the, had the oratorical skills to bring the country together. And Nancy Pelosi sat down with George Bush and Dick Cheney, and they worked together. What happens the next time we have a horrible terrorist or an attack on our country? Would Nancy Pelosi sit down with Donald Trump and work on it together? That, that's a, that's, so. that's yeah. a very good question. That's a, good that, question. That's a very good question. Uh, I, 
I don't. And another issue, John Boehner, when you talk to John Boehner or Mitch McConnell, they'll tell you uh, on the financial panic in September and October of 2008, when they were told that if you don't pass this bill tonight, the American economy will crash. There'll be no checks cleared, no credit cards. The banking system will fail. We're going to enter a Great Depression. At that point, Pelosi and the other Democrats sat down with, uh, with Bush and with, and with uh, the others in charge of the crisis, and they came up with a solution together. We're about 11 years later or 18 years later, and now there is such antipathy toward the parties that if you want to cooperate, it doesn't work anymore. If you want to cooperate with Republicans or Democrats, if you're on the other side of the fence, it's not possible. You're a traitor so now. Can. Yeah. You're considered a traitor to your own party if you want to cooperate. And we changed the language, Rachel. Think about this. You know, Christmas is not about the birth of Jesus. What Christmas is about is gift giving and, and Christmas trees. Easter is not the risen Christ. What Easter is about are bunnies and about uh, ribbons and about chickadees. And the liberals aren't liberals anymore. They're progressives. They're not unborn babies. They're fetuses. And so the liberals that control the media uh, tell us how the words are. Republicans are white supremacists. Conservatives are evil, whatever it is. So how do you work with Nazis? How do you work with white supremacists? You can't work with those people. You resist at every turn. So it is so acidic and so bad today politically that no Republican can work with a Democrat and no Democrat can work with a Republican. And we're not Americans anymore. We're Republicans and Democrats. We're straight, we're gay, uh, we're union, or we're management. The, the, the words are different, and, and I don't think better. I, I think if we had a serious 9-11 today, I can't imagine Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and uh, AOC sitting down with Donald Trump and Mike Pence and working together on an American problem without politics being involved. That's a very, very scary thought. And to your, your point there about... You know, everyone talks about we got to come together. We got to, you know, we got to cooperate. We got to, you know, kind of figure things out. We got to compromise. But what 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 is done now to me that drives me nuts is you label some group, so therefore you don't you don't have to debate them, right? So rather than you know the the progressives coming to the Republicans and say, okay, let, let's hear your ideas, and then we'll give our yeah. ideas, and we'll go back and forth. Well, you label them as racist, and therefore, well, now that that just takes the whole debate off the table we don't have to do that because my god we would never even think about arguing our points with you because you are you know what i'm saying it's like you you kind of avoid conflict and you avoid having to back up your own opinion by taking that that conversation completely off the table because you label that group of this and well we're just not even going to even mess with that i think it's it's a weak way of thinking you know rocky and rachel islamic terrorists did not bring down the world trade center what it was was airplanes took aim and brought down the world trade center <laughs> it, 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 it's like, what? Wait a minute. Now, I don't blame Germans for, for the concentration camps who did not participate in them whatsoever. I don't blame Catholics for the pedophile priests. And, and I don't blame someone who's black because an African-American shot and killed somebody. I don't blame that. I don't, I don't play the game of group blame for individual wrongs. But the media does that all the time. But if you're in that category, white, male, straight, Christian, believing, a family guy, well, you're Archie Bunker, you're a Donald Trump supporter, I can't talk with you. And how do we get over that? I'd like to, I'd like to have somebody real smart, and we love Trump greatly, at least you and I, and I know Rachel respects him quite a bit, but, but I wish he had more linguistic skills to be more inclusive and to bring people in. 
Of course, when Bush did that, he was vilified as stupid, participating in 9-11. He knew about it. He lied. And yeah, he waited died. for 10 minutes to talk to Cheney before the, yeah, all, all that sort Andrew of Andrew Card whispered yeah. in his ear, we're under attack, and he didn't jump up right away and run to Air Force One. He took a little time to think, and then he asked for a prayer, for God's sakes. And so, you know, and Ronald Reagan, they found in the 1960s that Reagan used the N-word, sitting down with Nixon. Now, does that smear his entire legacy because he used the wrong word, incorrect word? The same word used, I think, in rap songs to sell a lot of music. The answer is, well, let's find some angle that we can wedge division. It's not about coming together. It's about defining people. We have special programs for certain people based upon your behavior. And it doesn't, we don't take off our blue and red cloaks anymore and become Americans. What we are are in little camps that fight permanently, and the media puts us against each other. And lastly, I know you're busy. I'm watching the news <laughs> coverage right now of the shooting in Avondale. There was a cop who shot, I think, a black guy in Avondale who had a gun. And the media is real sensitive in town. Well, you know, we got to be careful about the community. we got to have community outrage, community agreement. We had to get out real quickly. You know, this was justified. He had a gun. Well, what the hell? Did you assume a cop wants to kill somebody because they're black? And I mean, that's how we're conditioned to think. And it's conditioned because of constant, constant driving of certain political and philosophical liberal issues. And they look for things to hit the right notes in order to play to their own prejudices. I mean, That's you, your, your race, your gender, none of that should preclude you from doing the right no. thing. If you do the wrong thing, you get punished. If you do the right thing, regardless of any of that, life is, is wonderful. That's what yeah. I, I can't understand. And we're in trouble. 9-11, I thought, was a time we – it was a time we came together. We prayed together. We're one nation under God, indivisible. But now we're not one nation under God. The airplanes took aim at the World Trade Center and brought them down. That's the attitude. Because Islamic terrorists do it, it would be politically incorrect to use the term Islamic terrorist, which is exactly what it was. You can't do that anymore. New York Times, I watched CNN the last hour, too. They, they didn't talk about 9-11 at all. They're talking about Sharpie Gate. And, and, if, and if I'm watching this morning, MSNBC, they're talking about Trump not prepared for the next 9-11. It's like Trump, 9-11. <laughs> what? What happened yet? What? Well, Trump hasn't prepared us for the next 9-11. Yeah, it, I'm it, watching it, what? It, it's scary. I mean, but I'm, I'm, I'm still thinking about your point because I, I believe that, you know, crisis brings people together. And it's, it's kind of happened that way sure. throughout all of history. But in, in these, so, I mean, unique times that we live in, could that happen? If something disastrous like that happened these it days? Will could, it will Yeah, it, it will. I mean, because, I mean, if you were... If you were on the side of the bad guys, now is when you would hit it, right? Because, yeah. you know, look, here's a country that looks like they can't compromise on anything, literally anything. Nothing. So why wouldn't you go right now? So it's something to think about, Willie. We appreciate your time, and we'll talk yeah. soon. God bless America. Thank you very much. Thanks, Willie. Back to back to Plumbers, Robert Jones Plumbing. Eddie and Rocky Show. Eddie's out. I am in. Yeah, I'm sorry, I was trying to find a story here on my, on my desk of stuff. So, uh, Rachel, did you see this story here? Um, there's a man accused of stealing a thousand pastries worth ninety grand. I'd do it. You would? Hell's yeah. So this it was is cakes, a, right? It was fancy cakes. Crepes, I believe. Oh, uh, crepes? Cakes, I think that was, I know crepes were a part of it. Uh, delivery man in New York has been accused of stealing $90,000 worth of cake and crepes. 
David Livagani, okay, an employee of something, <laughs> said to said to have smuggled a thousand and twenty of their cakes out of a Long Island City warehouse on dozens of occasions over the course of a few months. The confections, like the their popular rabbit stamp signature mill crepes, retail for ninety bucks a piece. I'm looking up. Okay, hold on. A rabbit. Rabbit stamp signature mill crepes. Found it. It's searchable online. I'm not. A, I'm not a crepes guy. I, is, I like I, some crepes. I feel like crepes are one of those things like you, oh, you wow. want to order and you think it sounds good, but it's not actually as good as you think. These are fancy. Yeah. They're they're multi layered crepe cakes. Right, and they got. I mean, do they have rabbits on them? Yeah, there's a rabbit actually stamped into it. Okay. That would explain that. So anyway, this guy was, I guess, was just siphoning these things off and, I don't know, apparently selling them on the, the crepe black was market. Was he? Now, because if it were me, mm-hmm. I'd eat them. You need $90,000 worth of them? They're $90 a piece. That's 1,020 yeah. pastries. Over how long? Um... Said it said over a course of a few months. So you few months, okay. So you uh, maybe you gift some to some relatives if you have a big family. You know, <laughs> easily could could um, you know get away with uh, housing a couple crepes, a few dozen crepes a week if you have a big enough family. What is your go to dessert, by the way? Oh, uh, you know what, creme brulee, a- any kind of form of it, because um, there's different varieties. Like you can get the whiskey. Right. Creme brulee, Bailey's, whatever. You can get raspberry creme brulee. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm kind of okay on creme brulee. I yeah. like I like chocolate with chocolate on top of it with a sprinkling of chocolate. That's what I like. So chocolate on chocolate. Chocolate is just chocolate anything. Is my go-to. Right. Okay. That's my Fair my enough. one like weakness when it comes to that sort of thing. So. You say weakness. Well, I, I say about, guilty pleasure. Yeah, okay, yeah. Eh. Guilty pleasure. I mean, it's, you know. It's I, not I, weak. Put it this way. I have to have, I have, to have something. I don't have to, but I'd, you I'd like cho- a little something sweet. choose to have something chocolate every day. It doesn't have to be a lot. It's just a little bit just to kind of, you know, just, you know, scratch that itch, I, I guess, if you will. Um, how about this one? Arkansas City is paying $9.25 an hour for homeless people to pick up trash on the streets. Why hasn't this okay. been done before? Well, do they want to do it? Well, if they are want nine dollars and twenty five cents an hour, they they want to do it. I mean, yeah, I feel like other people have laid out initiatives like this before for uh, homeless populations. Right. Said, hey, if you would like to earn money, here's how you can. And they're just like, no, we're good. I think, yeah, exactly. I we think good. It, it kind of starts off like kind of okay, and then it's like less and less reliable, yeah. and then they're like, well, I can instead of making nine twenty five an hour, I can make yeah much more panhandling. Or right. just not doing anything at all, just hanging out, right? Like camping, which, which is what we learned when when there was kind of that. Remember the homeless population crisis? Yes. Here in Cincinnati, yes. was that that was like in the tent city, like in the spring, yeah, the tent city, and mm-hmm. you know, the folks were just and then, and that was a, one of the most revealing things. It was that I think the popular opinion is like all these people are down their luck, and all, which is of course some of it, but through talking through some of the folks and kind of learning more, it was like no, they just kind of really like the lifestyle. 
It's right? a lifestyle, and, and right? Wouldn't. You know, you, you're living down. You're down there by the river. You go watch. You know, watch the boats go by. Hang out. Mm-hmm. Play some cornhole. Panhandle a little bit. Not not a bad gig, right? Yeah, right. I I have uh, I have one thing to hit on the blog. What do you got? Oh, Possibly. it is the week of a southwestern themed music. Yes, that is that is up there. We have a, a song about the Marfa Lights, which is a supernatural occurrence in Texas, and I explain all of that in in our our post. But no, the, I want to talk about the photos with the deer photo bombing the bride and groom coming into the wedding photos and eating the bouquet. That's just, on just the blog, and it's amazing. Butts in the wedding photos and says, "While I'm here, full on eats the bouquet. Give me the bouquet." Yeah. Those things are expensive, too. Yeah, and she just let him have it. I mean, I wouldn't have fought a buck over that either. I would have been like, all right, it did its thing. Have that, man. So usually, if, I mean, if it's coming, like, up to you close right. and be and, that and invasive, you're gonna... it's kind of off a little bit. I mean, you know, or it just doesn't know better. Right. That's the other thing. There be. you go. All right, we'll take a break, and we'll come back with the Fast Break segment, News Radio 700 WLB. Brucey Ford. And now... Five topics in five minutes. It's the Fast Break with Rocky, Rachel, and Steinman on 700 WLW. All right, here we go. Everybody's favorite segment of the show. Matt, kick us off. All right. Start with it. We will start with the obvious. Where were you on 9-11? All right, so quickly, I was in college, um, and I'll never forget that one of the things I remember is I had to wake up for an early class, and I was walking down the hallway, and... Every dorm room door was open. Everyone, everyone had their door open. The TV was on, and I was like, "That's weird," because usually everyone's like asleep and whatever. And I, ne- I remember thinking there must have been an earthquake or something somewhere. There's some natural right. disaster, and then boom, I get to the kind of the corner of the building where you know you're kind of the, the common area, and about you know four or five guys are sitting there watching TV, and you know what's going on. People are explaining this and that, and then everyone's just kind of watching in silence. And then second plane comes and. Crazy, crazy day, and then they canceled school that day. And when we were supposed to play Purdue that Saturday, they postponed that game to the end of the season. It was, it was wild. You? Um, I was in a, I think a computer lab at school, and I noticed the teacher turned on the TV, which never happens when you're in school, right? And uh, I remember like just looking up. It said something along the lines of uh, that it might be an accident at that point. Mm-hmm. They were still yeah. reporting that. And I actually saw the second plane fly yeah. fly in, which they didn't cut away from because at that time they didn't know what was happening. And so you saw that because that was part of the broadcast. They didn't think it was Live a terrorist TV. attack. Right. Yeah, a terrorist right. attack yet. So, yeah, really spooky type thing Weird to stuff. witness. Steinman? Uh, it was my junior year in college. We were at, at the apartment, me and my roommate. We actually slept in because we didn't have class till like 1230 or something. Nice. Mm-hmm. So we missed it. <laughs> I get up, there's a weird message on my answer machine from my mom. You know, mm-hmm. Matt, I'm sure you're aware of what's going on in the world. I love you. Okay. I'm like, mom's having a moment. Whatever. <laughs> my roommate goes to take a shower, turns on the radio in the bathroom. That's the first who heard of it. He's like, I think I might know what your mom's talking about. You might want to turn the TV on. Ouch. So I turned it on and I saw it. There you go. Yeah. Um, we, we walked or we drove to class because we didn't know it was canceled because no one had cell phones then. We get in the, in the class, teacher's like, there's really nothing I can say. We're we're done. Go. Yeah, go. Yeah. Then they canceled the rest of the week. We probably watched it for two days, and then by Thursday we had said, "When do we get a drink?" <laughs> and uh, we kind of got ourselves out of the cycle, and that was that. Yeah, well, I mean, but but to Willie's point, I remember thinking, "Okay, we're just going to turn. We're just going. This is going to keep happening. They're going to keep coming and coming and coming." And um, again, fortunately, it didn't. But crazy time. 
All right, now we, now we lighten it up. Let's lighten it up. Okay, there we go. Fa- we talked about bourbon earlier with Molly. Your favorite bourbon-laced food? Oh, bourbon-glazed wings Ooh. are amazing. Ooh, that sounds That's good. Oh, yeah. Good. I forget where, where exactly I've had them, but if they're on a menu... I'm getting them. Uh, pretty much like anything bourbon, yes, I get. that's the beauty yeah, of it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think my, I really like uh, the bourbon drenched caramel ice cream, so you can get bourbon, like bourbon Ooh, caramel. Yeah, that's really good. I don't know good. if I've actually had such a thing. It's very good. I highly recommend. Uh, and then I'm, this Thanksgiving, I'm going to try a bourbon turkey. I'm going to try to make it. Do you marinate it in like a yeah. big vat of bourbon? Well, not in a vat, but you... You uh, dress it, kind of, you, you marinate it in. I think we should try, like, putting in just a big bucket of bourbon over, like, for uh, a couple of days. We bring us a sample. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, Either absolutely. way, bring us some. <laughs> yes. Matt, uh, what's yours? Never go wrong with a bourbon burger. Ooh. Yeah, those are good. Throw of a course. little yep. bacon on there. We're good to go. Good to go. Where are we at? Number three. Uh, what are some of your better fantasy football team names in your league? Hey, I, I just don't get the fantasy football. I know everyone's going to be like, God, you're, like, you're so stupid. I, I just, I don't get, I don't have time to deal with it, and like, I mean, I know people are so like into it, and I also hate that it causes you to root for players instead of like the actual team. And people are like, oh, you know, the yeah. Bengals lost, but my fantasy team did good. I'm like, what? I don't know. I'm, I guess, yeah. more old school. Like my, my Bengals come first for me either way, but yeah. I, yeah. I, nobody has cool names in my. I have two leagues. Nobody in Nobody? either of my league. Yeah, two leagues. No one has like a no like a funny, ironic name. Mm-mm. No, everybody's super lame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess you can find a couple new leagues. I'll invite you in ours next year. I <laughs> guess. Uh, I guess I'll have to take this one. I'm in three, so here's a few of them. <laughs> three <laughs> leagues. Excuse me, I farted. I fart. I farted. I fart. Got it. That's a good one. Two girlies, one cup. Yeah. Okay. Zeke and you, destroy. You, you have to be. You have to be of the. Yeah, yes, kind of 2000s era to get that. If segment. you want to look that up, that's your own problem. Yes, yes. <laughs> We're not getting into it. Uh, Zeke and Destroy. That's a good one. Of course. Hate me because day ain't me. Okay. <laughs> Luck runs out. That's appropriate. Yeah. And then hit me where it hurts. Okay. Zach Hurts. And, uh, tight end. Those, Phillies? Are, those are the ones that stood out. Eagles. <laughs> Phillies. Yeah. And the Phillies. Number four. four. If you could do another job in media, what would it be? Um, I... I would be a director of a live sporting event because oh, you know I'm involved. That's, that's tough. Involved with yes. that, but you know one of my you know greatest people in the world. I know Michael Ireland. He was our director the last three years, not this year. Um, but I mean, it was just it's amazing talent to sit in front of anywhere from seven to like the big games have like seventeen or more television screens and go boom, roll to two, and then okay, um, camera three, we're getting ready to come, just pull back a little bit, all right, go to three, and now go, I mean, just to orchestrate what the best shots are to not only cover the event, but cover the emotion event, like when to, you know, you know watch a, like a college football game late in the game, and when they go to the crowd, and they got the, the fans, it's mm-hmm. all painted up, and they're like, got their hand, they're just like in total It's agony. one of the most fun things to yes. watch, like a director do their thing, like in the actual oh, trailer. They, they have trailers for this, yes. and it is incredible the amount of attention to detail they're able to command over that many screens. And, and just so to sick. see so that insane. many things, just to be able to see, okay, what well, this, this screen here is, okay, it makes sense to go. And all these decisions are obviously... Bang, 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 split-second decisions. Rachel, what about you? I kind of do them all already, don't I? <laughs> yeah, kind of do. Okay, so that's yeah. uh, that's my answer. Okay. I do them all already. <laughs> um, I thought about this when I was younger, being a weatherman. 
And they make good money. I think like Al Roker has the best job in the world. <laughs> he actually doesn't even do really do weather. He just kind of has cool get-ups. Yeah. And I mean, talks. You can be wrong and still keep your job. Yeah. I think and that'd be a cool when one. When I was younger, my stepsister at the time was dating a weather guy from Channel 9, so I got to meet him and hang out, and he showed me some stuff, and that was cool. But then I went this direction. There you go. Okay. Last, <laughs> last but not least, a new show called Murder House Flip is, is about flipping. This is the best. It's about flipping houses where murders took place. Uh, I don't know when it airs, but... Would you live in a murder house? I, I so, all right. So murder house, not like a house someone uh, died someone in. No, right? murder. A murder took place. Yes. Quite literally. Damn. Like the Sharon Tate house. Right, right. <laughs> I, I think I would. It depends on how much I like the house. I know for a fact because my wife has stated to me she wouldn't. It wouldn't. It could be some, you know, mansion for for an unbelievable price and, and would wouldn't do it. What about you, Rach? Uh, I've actually done it. Really? really? Yeah, and it, I have no problem with it. It's a little creepy at first, but you get used to it. Can we divulge more on this? or Murder-suicide. Oh. Oh. Uh, just a couple years before I moved in. Were wow. you the next owner, or was there an owner before you? I think you there probably was the an gap owner. And take all the I think there was a, 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 <laughs> I think there was, like, one owner before me. I think there was, it was an apartment, so. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd do it. Yeah. I, I think I'd do it. It had that little extra level You'd have a story, and there'd be a creepiness to it, but, I mean, I'm fascinated with that kind of stuff, so I'd be like, yeah. I'd be kind of, I'd kind of eat it up and the, the, see what happens. The one I would draw the line as, I saw, I think I saw that one episode of that show, and, like, the people, like, you know, put, like, mannequins in the room, like, of uh, what the people, that person that got murdered okay. looked like, and tried to, like, kind of replay the scene. And, yeah, like, I wouldn't do that. Like a touristy okay, a kind of thing? Yeah, yeah it was a little much. much. A little much. <laughs> a little much. Is that it, Matt? That's it. All right, that is the fast break segment, and we are out of here until we check one last time with Rob on traffic. What do you got? Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.